It's a mean age. But it is going to be a beautiful future as long as we don't f*** it up. I'm Brian McWilliams, and this is Mean Age Daydream, where I bring you unfiltered comedy, criticism, philosophy, and politics with a Mean Age Daydream. What's up, Buttercups? Yes, Mean Age Daydream has finally returned. I don't know, did I even do a show in January, or was I too sick? I think I was too sick to even do a show, but we're back. We're back. I still am not great. This devil flu that has been uh, besetting my lungs, still kicking my ass. Somebody just double check my settings here. Some, I feel like something's off here. Hold on. Mike, that's why. That pisses me off. There we go. That's a little bit better. Sorry, guys. I'm still getting my setup going here. Now the uh, the microphone should be working properly. Had to buy a new microphone arm. I'm getting another yet another microphone arm, but at least I got a background. Although I have no shades in my fucking house. So I have the sunlight coming in and hitting me in the face. Those come tomorrow. So it is what it is. You got to see my nice libertarian hat because otherwise I will not be able to see the screen nor anything happening on the screen. So guys, welcome to the show. I am, uh, said going to be a little bit coughing still, so it's not going to be as long as usual, but there's some things that have gone down that I want to talk about. And I figure now's the time to do it. Namely the first thing in and out burger. I saw this story and I was fascinated because I was going to talk about primarily how Klaus Schwab, how the WEF are terrified, running scared of libertarians. Great. And my fucking internet connections cutting in and out. Lovely. That's wonderful. Well, well, let's hope that it, it, uh, it continues through. So Klaus Schwab, obviously terrified of libertarianism. They're out there talking about how libertarians are the most evil philosophy, the selfish philosophy, the philosophy that's going to end us as a society. But meanwhile, there's a reason they're talking like that. And it's a great thing that they are, because that means that they are scared of the message. By the way, tell me in the comments, if I'm cutting out like fucking crazy, I will pause this stream and start it again because actually I'm going to do that right now. I'm going to hardwire in. Stay tuned, guys. I'm going to pause this feed real quick here because uh, at the moment, it seems like I am cutting in and out. Oh, shit. I'm like, can I not even pause it? I should be able to, and I can't. Wonderful. Everything's going just to plan, as you'd expect, coming in and having this bullshit. Wonderful. Can't even fucking pause the broadcast. That was supposed to be a technology StreamYard was supposed to have, and apparently it's not working. Great. Well, fuck it. We'll get to we'll get back to Klaus Schlob moment Schlob. Klaus Klaus Schlob. We'll get back to Klaus momentarily. The thing that I wanted to talk about at the top of the show, though, which caught my eye, which is so amazing, is In-N-Out Burger. Now, In-N-Out Burger, if you're not a, a California native, if you're not from the region of California, if you've never visited California before, you may not know that In-N-Out Burger is essentially something that is viewed like a religious experience, right? 
I mean, I'm talking, to, I'm, I'm talking to you legitimately. People go and view in and out like it is the finest steakhouse in New York City. They take pride in it as though it is the national flag of California. It's national news. When in and out Burger opens up a chain, like, for example, I think they open a chain in Texas. Um, if they open up, you know, if they open up a restaurant in Arizona, it's national news. That's how big in and out Burger is. When people come to California, the Los Angeles, they come to visit in and out Burger. It's one of the first things that they do. Now, it just recently came out that asshole Gavin Newsom and his policies, which essentially had legalized shoplifting, legalized uh, outdoor drug markets, legalized camping in public places, uh, on sidewalks, in parks, had legalized uh, criminal behavior to the point where these homelessness had been violently attacking people, but yet they don't have anywhere to put them, right? Half of them are crazy. So if it's a misdemeanor, they just kind of they have them in jail for a night, then they let them right back out again. As you know, Walmart, uh, Walgreens, Whole Foods have been closing in places like San Francisco. Well, the latest is In-N-Out Burger. In-N-Out Burger just decided they are shutting down their location by the Oakland airport because to cite their own, their own statement about this, they have been getting robbed. And I'm talking about in the In-N-Out line. You're in the line to get your burger and some homeless guy or some teen or some whatever comes up and robs you robbed in lines they've had their people that work there robbed going to their cars their cars are regularly broken into and stolen goods are taken out of their automobiles or there is vandalism or there's theft from within the stores themselves these things have all been put into place by gavin newsom by the assholes that are in the california senate criminalizing i'm sorry legalizing criminal behavior now you're seeing restaurants, you're seeing drugstores, you're seeing retail flee the cities. There was like an emergency situation called in San Francisco saying, we've got to fix this. Like, this is a problem. We're losing everybody. We're losing business. We're losing all of our economy is fleeing this except for the richest assholes. And they just work from home. So all of our city centers are collapsing on themselves. But I'll tell you, losing a Whole Foods, losing a Walgreens, Ain't the same as losing in an outburger, people. I told you, in an outburger is the flag of California. Somebody's Jimmy, Jimmy here just says they opened one in Aurora, Colorado a few years ago. The lines are 50, 60 cars deep. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. 50 to 60 cars deep for in an outburger. If there's one thing in this world that's going to take out and change people's perspectives on Democrat leadership in California and in other progressive asshole states, if they happen to have In-N-Out burgers, it's losing an In-N-Out burger. I shit you not. It would be like every McDonald's in your town shutting down. It would be, but worse because people actually seek it out. People will wait in line for 40 minutes to get this stupid burger. People seek out as a tourist destination, a burger. That is going to take Gavin Newsom out. The rampant amount of taxation we face the rampant hordes of homeless people can ignore those right up until they take your in and out burger away that's where we're at and we're not even fat here think about if we were a fat state if we're a big fat state and they take our in and out burger away holy shit so i'm telling you don't underestimate 
the power of this move, the repercussions of this move, you will see more than, as I said, more than Whole Foods leaving, more than Nordstrom Rack or Nordstrom, uh, the department store, leaving its flagship location in downtown San Francisco. This in and out burger closing is going to change laws because this is what people care about. This will get people fucking pissed off. This will cause an uproar where they say, if we're, if we're so bad that I can't have a burger stand anymore, my favorite burger stand can't be open because it's too dangerous. You better fix it or you're getting the fuck out of office. And I pray to God that they are not quick enough, that they're not able to pivot fast enough. And we actually get some different leadership in there, get some libertarians in there, get some Republicans in there, get some who knows whatever in there. Get some, get some John Fetterman Democrats in there. How about John Fetterman switching up his, uh, his allegiance here on the border issue? Fetterman coming around. Ooh, that goiter. That goiter's got issues, man. He wants you to know about him. You got a head goiter's got a lot of problems with you people, and you're going to hear about it. Festivus for the rest of us. That John Fetterman's goiter. But seriously, the In-N-Out Burger thing, watch. Watch, mark my words, watch. That is going to change legislation in California, starting in Oakland and spreading out because that shakes these people to their core. Okay. The next thing, guys, I want to remind you just on a quick hot tip. Uh, for those of you listening to the podcast, you'll hear this embedded, but I do want to say thank you to Crowd Health. Uh, Crowd Health has been a long term sponsor of ours, guys. Please, if you are looking into a alternative for health insurance, if you're sick of getting jobbed by health insurance, getting bills out the ass, uh, having issues where you're getting, you know, just constantly dealing with middlemen, bureaucracy on bureaucracy and getting no benefit, getting expensive, check out Crowd Health. Now, Crowd Health right now, you can use promo code LIONS, go to crowdhealth.com. And you can put in our promo code LION, and now you're going to be able to get a 99 per month deal. It's going to basically be buying into what is a voluntary healthcare community. People cover each other. You negotiate, actually, they negotiate for you directly with your physicians. They, you know, your services are paid for by a voluntary community that says, we're going to cover this in case you need this medical help. It's a different way of doing insurance, guys. Please check it out. Uh, they've been good to us. Please be good to them and check them out. All right, so let's get into the WF stuff, right? So Javier Malay obviously laid it down, man. He gave those people the what-what. And I'm hearing some people say, oh, well, this is, you know, oh, he's a pawn in the machine, right? Of course, he's giving it to him. And I don't think so. I don't think so. I think Javier knows he has to play the game to a certain extent, and he is. But at the same time, guys, he went into the jaws of the beast and kicked him right in the teeth. I mean, he kicked him right in the teeth as hard as you could kick somebody in the teeth. If you listen to what he was saying, ripping socialism, telling them their new world order and everything that they have done is destroying Western society, destroying the values, how individualism, <coughs> individual ability, <coughs> the ability to succeed has to supersede the evil that is socialism. And to see somebody like a Klaus Schwab come out and specifically, right, specifically call out libertarianism that should make every single person out there's genitals tingle with delight because guys they didn't have to address it before i want you to think about that right i work in communications i work in public relations you guys know this 
forcing somebody to address that issue means we're winning. Okay. It may not be as fast as we want it to be, but we are winning because them having to call it out means that libertarianism is losing its reputation as a dirty word. It's losing its reputation as something that can't be achievable. It's losing its reputation as something that people don't understand, which is why Klaus Schwab and his like of the WEF, they have to seek now, look, I look like a pirate with my one eye here in this hat. They have to seek out and try to get ahead to redefine it once more as an evil. The reason they're doing that is because it's resonating. The reason Klaus Schwab feels he had to do that is because of Javier Malay, of because of what we're seeing with the world economic state, where we're seeing the collapse of currencies, where we're seeing the collapse of international order, where we're seeing money being spent on wars that had no concern to any of us, where you're seeing people's electric costs, their gasoline costs skyrocket. You're seeing their food prices skyrocket. You're seeing farmers rebel against this nonsense climate-led uh, initiative that is making food more expensive, that is creating more starvation under the guise of some imaginary demon, an imaginary boogeyman, which the World Health Organization wants to recategorize as a threat to humanity and put under the pandemic treaty, right? This is all authoritarianism, and people are waking up. You're seeing in places like the Nordic countries where the socialist movements there, right? These world you know, economic forum led leadership communities that had been bred in by the WEF, by their little, you know, their little midget training programs like the Justin Trudeau's. And we're going to talk about him, by the way, in just a little bit, because he just got kicked in the dick as well. But you're seeing the rejection of WEF candidates. You're seeing the rejection of the mass immigration, the mass uh, reallocation of resources from Western countries to poorer countries, or the mass importation of giant bloating blo voting blocks and uh, cultural blocks that have no interest in acculturation, in, uh, in becoming part of the society they're being forced into. And the WF knows that and they're scared. Every time, you see somebody now attack libertarianism, take that as a badge of honor because they didn't have to do it before. Okay. Remember that they didn't have to do it before because it wasn't a concern. They could dance around it. They could promise pie in the sky nonsense. They could promise you that the world is going to be great and you're going to own nothing and you're going to be happy and that everybody is going to get along and that equity was the future. But we've seen the results of that. And we're seeing that libertarianism, that individualism is the greatest promise for society. It is, as I've, as I've said, and this is something that's going to be rolling out on the, the libertarian website and in our message very soon. Hey guys, want to take a quick minute to talk about our sponsor, CrowdHealth. Now, CrowdHealth is a different way of looking at healthcare. And I know if you're like me, you've dealt with a lot of BS from insurance companies. I am still 
to this day getting calls about some nonsense bills from years ago from an insurance company that I no longer have, but like their secondary provider is now trying to come after me for hundreds of dollars in fees. It's ridiculous. With CrowdHealth, they take care of it. They pay up front. It's all right there to your provider directly. There's no hassle. They also negotiate fees for you to get it down. And considering that one in five Obamacare claims were denied last year, which is unacceptable, it's awesome to have a new way to pay for healthcare through crowdfunding. Now, the process of health insurance is kind of, you know, nefarious. It's uh, it's hidden behind closed doors. With CrowdHealth, it's wide open. You operate within a voluntary community that helps pay each other's bills. Uh, it's really dying in exactly to what we visualize when we talk about a libertarian concept of healthcare. And for just $175 for an individual or $575 for a family of four or more, you get access to that community who are helping out with emergencies. You get telemedicine, you get discounted prescriptions, and much more. So please check out CrowdHealth and get started today for just $99 per month for the first three months by using lions at joincrowdhealth.com. Again, code lions at joincrowdhealth.com. Jump on that $99 offer. And remember, CrowdHealth is not insurance. Learn more at joincrowdhealth.com. When you're talking about libertarianism, when you're talking about individualism, when you're talking about free markets, you're talking about a diversification of risk. You're talking about taking risk out of these pools and these buckets it's been put into that have been now fucking us over as a world because they continuously reallocated all of our risk into these massive buckets of banking, massive buckets of farming, massive buckets of military action. Whereas individualism allows the greatest outcome to succeed, the greatest number, the greatest variance of success or failure. And the ones that fail, see you later. It's not my problem that it failed. It's not your problem that failed. It's that guy's problem that's failed. But the successes, the successes because of the free market, because of the way in which we embrace good ideas, good culture, good products, the successes live on. The successes push us forward as a culture, as a society. These people do not want to be able to eliminate and diversify those risk buckets. They want us all to fail together and very few of them to succeed at the very top. That's the promise of what we bring, and that's why it's so terrifying. Okay, let's move on to another topic here real quick. Um, I mentioned that Justin Trudeau got a nice kick up his dickhole, and he did. Previously, uh, whatever functions as a Supreme Court in Canada, they'd taken on the case wherein it was questioned the Emergencies Act that was used essentially to seize the bank accounts of truckers that were peacefully protesting, right? Exercising what even Justin Trudeau said was a fundamental right in Canada, your freedom of speech, your freedom to protest, your freedom to to, uh, collect and, and come together initially. Canada's Supreme Court had said, well, we think this Emergencies Act was necessary. It was a critical time for the country. We had to do it. There was no other option. We had to be able to do emergency, uh, use this Emergency Act and that all the measures that were taken, un- blatantly unconstitutional measures to close, to seize people's assets, those were all warranted because of the circumstances. Now, two different organizations had since taken on uh, Javier Malay 
I'm sorry, not Javier, <laughs> had since taken on this ruling. And I want to give them their uh, their credit where it's due. Where the fuck are they? So two plaintiffs in the lawsuit had come together. Um, God damn it, of course, I can never find it. Well, whatever. Two different organizations had come through and basically sued and said, this is ridiculous. You have to you have to revisit this decision. They made their arguments and argued, just as I've been saying, there's no justification under any circumstances. Even if it's a, a pandemic, there's no justification for somebody to remove a basic, what is supposed to be ineligible right or indelible right that you possess as a Canadian, as an American, as a citizen of the world, you do not have under any emergency act, the ability to take away someone's money, to take away their voice, to jail them, to sh- to threaten their, <coughs> their family's existence because they happen to disagree with a policy of yours that by the way, has nothing and is based on nothing scientifically provable. And that's what has come around here. So this judge, <coughs> pardon me, this judge, Justice Mosley, had said that the applicants had established that Ottawa's decision to invoke the act was unreasonable and led to infringement of charter rights not justified under Section 1. That section of the charter guarantees Canadians the rights and freedoms set out in subjects only to such reasonable limits prescribed by law as can be demonstrably justified in a free and democratic society. Of course, the liberal government, liberal government, as they're called, Deputy Prime Minister Christia Freeland said that the liberal government would be appealing the decision. Just imagine how fucking 1984 flip-flopped our terminology has become. When your liberal government is suing to appeal the decision that they don't have the right to take away your freedom of speech, your freedom of association, your freedom to protest, and your rights against uh, search and seizure, unreasonable and unlawful search and seizure. Your liberal government will be suing to overturn that. It is pure despicableness. And uh, frankly, I do wonder if even in Canada, that the worm is turning there. You are seeing some people that are that are challengers coming up to uh, to Justin Trudeau. You are seeing that Canada's economic situation, uh, especially in support for Ukraine, is coming under attack. You're now seeing even the federal courts are turning against these uh, these monsters. So, pretty interesting. I'll say that. I think 2024 actually could be what we've been waiting for. I don't say that because I think Donald Trump is going to save the country in any way, shape or form. I do say it because I think that you're seeing the tactics laid bare. You're seeing the results laid bare and you can't hide them anymore. Similar to what's happening with Jerusalem or uh, Israel and Palestine losing the public relations war. You can't hide the reality of the situation any longer. And these people are hitting that wall. And I give Twitter a lot of uh, credit for that. Obviously, people like myself and other podcasters, a lot of credit for that. Independent media, a lot of credit for this. But we're hitting that point. And the fact that the WEF 
uh, is putting these videos out, attacking us, as I said, is a wonderful thing. My bet is that the next World Economic Forum will not be televised. The revolution will. The revolution, guys, that we're in the middle of will be televised uh, on our phones, on our feeds, hopefully in our conversations. What if we actually started spending time together? How about that? Hot shit. I just did a show, by the way. Uh, big shout out to Adam Choit, Robbie the Fire, obviously a great friend of mine. We did a nice comedy show. Thanks to everybody who came out to that. Guys, great seeing all of you. Great meeting new uh, friends and fans out there. But the WF, I think, is going to stop sharing videos. Let me share one example of why. I think they're going to stop sharing videos. And this is from uh, Wide Awake Media with uh, Tim and Tim Hinchcliffe. But let me share this little ditty real quick. We'll be having our coffee before the session and, and you raised the coffee example. I'd love just to give you the chance to expand on that. Basically, the coffee that we all drink um, emits between 15 and 20 ton of CO2 per ton of coffee. So we should all know that this is every time we drink coffee, we are basically putting CO2 into the atmosphere. Um, the other, and one of the reasons is because most of the coffee plantation or most of the coffee is produced through monoculture and, um, and, and monoculture is also affected by climate change. Um, the quality of these nature assets is uh, deteriorating quite rapidly. <laughs> Okay. So, you know, I don't know about you guys. When I drink coffee, it makes me shit. This guy, this motherfucker, he doesn't even need to drink the coffee to shit right out of his mouth. Talk about, you know, I'm talking about In-N-Out Burger and how you're coming after Sacred Cow. This jerk-offs, this jerk-offs like this guy. This is why I'm telling you, they're not going to, they're not going to put these videos out anymore. The amount of people <laughs> that live and die by coffee, the amount of people that look forward to coffee to start their day and literally go to bed dreaming about that cup of coffee, which by the way, used to be me, by the way, I used to literally wake up and dream about that first cup of coffee because it was so good. And I still like it, mind you. I still like my coffee. And this, and again, this guy talked about Oh, the, you know, the, the products are getting worse. Oh, the climate change is going to make the coffee so much worse. And the You know what? I've seen the most high quality coffee coming out. It's gotten a little more expensive with inflation, but I'll tell you what, you can find a damn good cup of coffee for pretty fucking cheap. And it's the best way to start your day. And this guy thinks that somehow his pitch about killing off coffee beans because it's creating too much CO2. In the middle of, by the way, one of the most frigid winters that we've had in a while, we're in the middle of a cold snap where iguanas are falling out of trees. They got frozen iguana warnings, guys. My parents just left the house today. They came, came and visited me. They just flew back to Florida. They live in Tampa Bay. Guess what? Frozen iguana warnings. So in the middle of frozen iguanas falling down from trees, clonking people in the heads, you got assholes like this telling you that you got to stop drinking coffee because it's going to be too much for global warming. Again, guys, I'm very excited. I'm very optimistic. I'm very positive for 2024. Because when you've got dumbass shit like this combined 
with the reality of situations where you just look around you and you can see the circumstances where these people cannot lie to you anymore and get away with it. Combined with our exploding alternative media, combined with the degradation of respect for traditional mainstream media who are pivoting away, by the way, I did, I read an interesting article today. Um, cause I do, I actually, I actually pay for the Epoch times. I do. I pay for it. I give them my money. I give them a $10 because they do pretty good reporting. I don't agree with all of it, but at least they report. And, um, Jeffrey Tucker, of course, friend of the show, Jeffrey Tucker's got a regular column in Epoch times. And he was talking about how the New York times seems to have gotten the memo because, you know, they had to lay off quite a few people. Nobody was reading their woke bullshit. Nobody wants to read about any more transgender garbage or equity crap any longer. And he said, it's interesting because he still reads the New York Times. He said, you know, it's interesting. I'm seeing a lot more articles about Wordle and recipes and other kind of general run-of-the-mill news that's not leaning into any of this crap anymore because that's what people will actually read. No one's reading their clickbait crap that they try to put out about woke anymore. They've crossed the Rubicon. Even leftists don't care anymore. And the younger generation, for sure, doesn't care about this stuff. I know on social media, you might see a little bit here or there where you think that they do. And I'm telling you, they're over it. They don't want to hear any more about diversity and equity and inclusion. They just want stories. They just want opportunities. They just want the truth as they, you know, as close as you can get to it. And on that note, we're talking about the death of mainstream media outlets. I want to finish up talking about Sports Illustrated for the last couple minutes here. Sports Illustrated, rest in peace. They just laid off all their staff. Now, granted, when I say laid off all their staff, I'm also including the AI bots that they were paying to write articles. Now, this is a problem. This is a problem within uh, not only the media ecosystem. It's a problem for my ecosystem as well as a publicist because the less writers there are, real writers, real editors out there, the less stories I can pitch, the less ideas I can pitch, the less receptive people are because, frankly – They've got a very few things that they're not going to cover because everything else is just going to be written by AI bots. This is what happens with the sports industry, by the way. This is why the LA Times laid off their entire sports section. I don't know if you knew this. New York Times did the same thing. The entire sports section was laid off. Sports Illustrated tried to go down this AI pathway. They paid an AI writer, several AI writers, but at the same time, they did have some people on staff. Of course, they also had to license, by the way. Sports Illustrated is not owned by the people that have the uh that that actually published the publication right now they license sports illustrated right so they they weren't able to pay their licensing fee because they weren't making any money so at least like like i could right now i could be sports illustrated if i had the money to license it tomorrow brian mcwilliams sports illustrated guaranteed instant success whoever wants to hit me up invest with me in that we're going to put some hot chicks on those pages don't you worry But of course, why did they go bankrupt? Why weren't they able to pay the licensing fees? Why weren't they able to pay writers? Yeah, number one, you're losing some some of your your core readership. The people are aging out. They're not paying for the print edition anymore. But why aren't they paying for the print edition? Oh, that's right. Because they only subscribed to the print edition to get the swimsuit edition. 
it was a nice thing to read on the shitter here and there. Your Sports Illustrated got narrower and narrower. And then they decided to roll out woke crap similar to Victoria's Secret, which, by the way, lost a billion dollars last year. And I talked about this on a previous show. A billion dollars is what Victoria's Secret lost last year. Why did they lose that billion dollars? That's right, because they rolled out fat, unattractive, disabled models that men don't want to look at. I mean, look, we're being perfectly honest. Fetishes, fine. Some guys are into bigger girls. Some guys are into girls and missing legs. You do you, boo-boo. But the vast majority of people are wanting to see hot angels. That was what Victoria's Secret was known for, the angels. Well, guess what? They're bringing the angels back. Guess what they're not bringing back? The fat craps, the disabled people, the trans people. No more of that because it's not aspirational. If you're selling a product, you're selling an aspirational product, which also ties into what I'm doing here with the Libertarian Party, guys. You have to sell aspirational. You have to sell something that people view and they go, I would look better than I look now in that. Not, I have to gain 50 pounds to get that. (laughs) God, sorry, guys. That bra is going to look great on me. If only I lose a limb. No, aspirational and sports illustrated in its infinite wisdom went down the same path of stupidity, putting trans men and women that are inarguably obese on the pages in the pages, along with 80 year old women. So it's not a surprise that they are now done. So the market speaks. And I've said before, I'll say it again, the market always will hit a point. This is why when we were talking about, (coughs) God damn it, sorry guys, sorry, (laughs) gotta wrap the show up. When we're talking about ESG, right, we're talking about BlackRock and Vanguard, we're talking about investment strategies, we're talking about these people trying to force companies into wokeness, into these, these stupid ass trans, diversity, equity, inclusion, uh, business models that are not profitable, that are appealing to a minuscule portion of the population. I maintained through that entire time that I wasn't worried. I was worried in the short term, but I wasn't worried in the long term because these are still businesses. And there hits a point where it doesn't matter how much stock somebody's going to buy in your business. If you can't make money, if your business is going bankrupt, AKA Victoria's Secret or Sports Illustrated or any number of other businesses, Bud Lights, if you are getting to that point where you can't make money because of this crap, there's only one way you're going to go. And it ain't going to be to keep going down the ESG pipeline. There's a reason Vanguard stopped doing that investment strategy. I don't know. Maybe BlackRock's still trying to push it, but it's not working. We've hit the wall. We've hit the turning point. And now I think we're going to see a return to sanity. We're seeing a time to strike, and that time to strike is now. Because people are open to the concepts, and people like Klaus Schwab are very, very, very well aware of that. All right, guys. That's it for me, Brian McWilliams. I want to remind you, by the way, please, if you did listen to uh, the first episode podcast, the brand new podcast, fun 
funny comedy podcast that I do with Rico and Donnie. Uh, we just had our first couple episodes roll out where we do a classic TV show and a new TV show, the first episodes. If you heard that last week when I was too sick to do the show and you liked it, please go subscribe to that feed. It really would help me. I'd love to get this podcast kicked off the ground. Leave a review, put a five-star review, a little comment. It would really help me out wherever you're listening, guys. Really, really would appreciate that. I put a lot of time, effort, my health on the line to come to you guys and do this. So if you could do that for me, I would really be appreciative. The first episode podcast is what it's called, anywhere you want to listen. And this week, we're doing first episode of the classic Star Trek. Yep. Captain Kirk. It's going to be fucking awesome. And we're going to review the first episode of the new show, Ted on Peacock. All right. That's it for me, Brian McWilliams from the Lions Liberty Network from mean age daydream. Keep those electric eyes on me, babe, and keep that ray gun to my head.